Amen. Just want to pray before we start. Thank you, Father, for this time together. We thank for everyone that's here today, for each new person that's here. I just ask, uh, Father, you reveal yourself to each person that's here in a special way in this Christmas season. Well, there's so many that don't know you. And so we just thank you, Lord, that your presence is here. And we ask you to move in a special way. I ask for your help this morning. Holy Spirit, just move upon me now, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're doing uh, a message call, uh, it's called Why I Call Him Savior, and, uh, and why the nativity? You know, the, you know those nativity scenes that you see? Uh, in certain places now they're banned, you're not allowed to have them. Just in BC, uh, just recently the nativity scene was banned uh, from the city hall after decades of being there. And uh, it was forbidden and taken down. And uh, the group wants to meet with the, the BC mayor, Sean Butis, to convince him to reverse the decision. But that's happening all over now in North America and in the Western world where uh, Jesus and nativity scenes are trying to be erased. And it's... Uh, it's politically incorrect, apparently. That's what they say. Uh, even for saying, how many have ever heard that you can't say, you know, Merry Christmas, it has to be Happy Holidays? How many have heard that? Yeah, so it's, you can see how widespread it's becoming now. Uh, so, but it just shows with our concert that we had, there's people still want to hear the name of Jesus. Amen. We had three nights in a row, it was full each night. So, uh, we can praise the Lord for that. So we're going to be looking at, we just looked at recently, why did Jesus come to earth? Why did he come? And then why did, why Joseph, you know, chosen to be the adoptive father? And then why Mary? You know, and, and of course, then why the suffering and all that that goes with it? And so the, there's a glory of God's promise. You know, right now, I don't know if you know it, uh, I try to keep informed of what's going on in the world, uh, not to be submerged by it, uh, but there's a, it's spinning out of control. Uh, I don't. Some are not even aware. It's not even on some of the main nine newspapers now. But in Europe, presently, how many know there's a conflict going on in Europe? It's the biggest conflict since World War II, and it, and it's expanding uh, where it could go nuclear. That's where we're at. A lot of people don't even know that. And of course, Jesus said, what he said in Matthew 24, he said, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. He said, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. He wants you to have peace in him, even when you see all these things spinning out of control. Now there's laws being passed that are totally against the word of God. Totally against speech control. Have you heard of this thing about pronouns? You know how many have heard about how many have heard about that? You know, if you you don't want to be called a, a he or a she, you can be called a they or whatever. All that stuff. I mean, uh, you can see that the world needs a savior. The world needs a savior. That's why Jesus came. It says in Isaiah five twenty, it says, "Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter." What 
we used to be good is now called evil. You know, that's what's happening right now. That's where we're at. So in spite of all this stuff that's going on, it doesn't negate the, what Christ has done on the cross. And so Jesus is Savior. You know, it's a promise of God. For, for them, Jesus conjures up many things. Hollywood uses Jesus' name as a curse word. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. They, they use Christ and Jesus as curse words in the films. You ever see them use the name of Buddha as a curse word? You stub your toe and you say, ah, oh, Buddha. No. <laughs> or Allah or anything like that. No, they use Christ's name because the devil knows that it's the only name whereby people that can be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. You know, and so uh, the Savior, that's the name of the Lord's earthly mission. Jesus came on a mission. And uh, Mary... Christ's mother, she saw the need. You see this in Luke 1, 46. And Mary said, this is Jesus' mother now, said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. That's Mary. Mary needed a Savior, even though she gave birth to the Savior. She needed a Savior. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that. And uh, so he's a savior. Then in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, the word savior, it means to do well. It means to deliver, preserve, to heal. How many know that lives need healing today? I mean, just not physical healing, but need healing in their soul. I've never seen so many broken people today, you know, broken relationships, and it seems that it's out of control. And that's why Jesus came, to bring that healing to these, uh, these situations. So there's a promise of a Savior in Luke 2, 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Now this is the prophet Isaiah. 700 years before the birth of Jesus. This is what, 700 years. That's a long time. You ever try to picture that in your mind, 700 years? You no, know, seven centuries before an event, it was predicted by Isaiah the prophet. He said this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many peace in their soul today? Prince of Peace. That's one of the names of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So many people don't have peace. They try to find Peace in a pill. They try to find peace in a drink. They try to find peace in a relationship. They try to find peace in education. They try to find peace in a job. They try to find peace sitting on an island or a palm tree. Well, that's not good. That doesn't last, though. I like sitting under a palm tree. I like jumping in the salt water. After a week, that's about all I can take. I have been down south a few times, and it is peaceful. But after a while, you just want to get back to, to real life, you know, and, uh, 
it's good that God provides these things once in a while. But just think, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, they predicted where he would be born, when he would be born. And that's a miracle in itself. You know, and so, uh, and the world needs the Prince of Peace today more than ever. You know, families in distress. I don't know if you're following some of the government legislation. They're, they're, they're going to try to control your speech. They're always pushing bills through. You have to write letters, folks. I'm telling you, if you got to write, they, in Canada, they say one letter received is equivalent to a thousand voices. So, uh, and that's why the church is here. We've got to pray for our leaders. But also, when you see things that are going on against the word of God, you have to do something. You know, you got to uh, write letters, contact your member of parliament, and whatever, you know. And uh, we see these things that are coming in contrary to the word of God. Uh, now, in the USA, our neighbors, I used to have a green card. I used to work there uh, when I was young. And I'm, I'm sort of distressed to see what's going on. In certain places in the States, it's permitted to steal. You can steal. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's all right. If you just look it up. It says uh, what they do is that they, they'll go in. The thieves will go in. They'll just record with their cell phone the amount. And they'll walk out. And so in places in California, you can steal up to $950 without really being incarcerated. You know, it's just... Yeah, this is going on. Uh, and, of course, with the laws that they're promoting and pushing through, uh, this totally goes right against the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Yeah. And you see whole gangs going in, stealing and filling up the carts, walking out. It's, uh, and, of course, what's happening now, stores are closing because of that. They just can't continue on. Uh, that's in California and other states there, too. Now... Moncton, just where I was, when I was, I had radiation for a month uh, this year, and so what I did, I wasn't allowed to go in stores and that, but I go out and walking around. I was allowed to go out and walk. So I went and walked downtown, Main Street. And boy, you see needles around, you see people lying in the street, you know? And uh, one of my friends, he has uh, some buildings there, and he, a few years ago, he moved them all up north. Uh, uh, Mountain Street, and he said, I'm glad I moved my businesses out now. So it's getting pretty bad. Now Moncton's been named the third, ranks third in crime in Canada for 2020, according to StatsCan. And so that's why we need a savior. That's why Jesus came. You know, Jesus came for all this. And so in Matthew 121, and he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. See, the problem all this is because of sin. Well, what sin? That's just going your own way without God. And we all have that sin nature within us. It's in. We're, we're born with that. That's part of that sin nature. Just ask anybody who's raising uh, their little kids two years old. You know, you know the terrible twos? No. Uh, go over here. No. Well, where, where'd that come from? <laughs> that's that old nature there. And so that's why you take the old spatula, poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my son Daniel, he was pretty wild. I mean, he was, uh, that's, I think I 
The dollar store made a fortune on me with spatulas. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all within us, that, old, that nature to be rebellious. It's there within us. And that's why Jesus came. And so the society needs a, a, a savior. Now I want to look at the purpose of the savior. Luke 2, 11. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. See, Jesus came to do the Father's will. Now he came to seek the lost. Now I want you to look at Luke 19. I, I put all the scriptures on the screen here so you can follow along. In uh, Luke 19, 1, it says this, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, <laughs> Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now tax collectors were not liked. They were despised because they would take more money than what they were supposed to. And it says he was rich. In 19.3, it says this, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was a short stature. In verse 4, it says this, so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Just imagine, here's a, a rich businessman climbing a tree. Maybe that's where Conrad got his idea. <laughs> and it said, when Jesus came down to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste to come down, for today... I must stay at your house. See, he's, Jesus saw Jesus, uh, Zacchaeus, up in a tree. How I many know that Jesus sees you where you are? He sees you in your situation. He sees you. You, know, you can't hide from God. You can try, but you can't. The eye of Jesus is out there all the time. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows the pain you're going through. He knows the separation you're going through. He knows the suffering you're going through. He sees all these things. And so uh, Zacchaeus, in verse 6, says, So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. He received him joyfully. And he went quickly. How I many know today is the day of salvation, it says? You know, sometimes, like, God is always seeking to save the lost. And I think sometimes you're, it's more open to receive God than at other times. And so he went down quickly. In verse 7, it says, And when they saw it, they all complained. They all complained. Everybody was there complained, especially the religious people. They complained, saying, He's gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to be a guest of a sinner? He's there for you. He's there for me. You know? No matter what you've done or are doing currently, his arms are wide open to receive you at this moment. He's there. He's there to save. He's there to change life on the inside. Most of the problems are on the inside, not the outside. And then, um, so they complained. How many of those a lot of complainers in the North Shore? <laughs> you know? And verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I have half of my goods. I give half of my goods to the poor. 
And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. fourfold. So we don't know what transacted, but we do know that Zacchaeus received the Lord and was changed on the inside. You know, there was a change, a transaction. It doesn't explain how it happened or whatever in that, but we know he came into the presence of Jesus and it was a change in him. In verse 10, and this is where it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We're all lost. Some are rich, like Zacchaeus. Some are poor. Some, some come from broken homes. Some don't even have a father. Some uh, don't have parents. Lost. Some people are in wealthy places. Some people in high places. Some places, politicians, lost. Lost. And that's why Jesus came. See, this, he was a man of uh, distinction because he, he was a tax collector. Everybody knew him. Wealthy. And yet... Uh, he ran ahead. He climbed up a tree to see Jesus. I don't know if other people saw him. He didn't have any. This, here's his businessman. It's like having the mayor of Hamilton climbing up a tree to see Jesus come into town. You know? And so he had obstacles. Zacchaeus had obstacles. He was a, there was a big crowd. He couldn't get through. He had to climb a tree to see Jesus. He wanted to see him. And uh, another thing, too, is that he was small. He wasn't a big fella. Small like Ben, I guess. Uh, you know? But he wanted to see Christ. He wanted to see Christ. There were some obstacles. There's some obstacles he had to go through to receive the Savior. And so there, there are things that keep people from seeing Christ. How many know that? There's things that uh, pride is probably the big one. Pride will keep people from going after Christ. It says in James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That word resist means antitasome in Greek, which means anti-against. It's actually a military term that God makes war against those who are prideful. You know, and uh, so pride, it's one who shows himself above his other person. You know, they try to puff themselves up to make themselves look better than another person. You know, that's looking down on others. How many know at the cross, everybody's the same? Amen. We're all the same. And pride, I heard this definition here, or this uh, comment, or quote, says, pride is the only disease that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. Make, a prideful person makes everyone sick. But the person who has it doesn't know he's got it, basically. Basically, it's putting self above God. And so uh, uh, that's what it does. So that's one of the obstacles that we have. Another one is idolatry that keeps us from God. That means self-worship, uh, self-focus. Uh, just to give you an idea, how many have ever been in a group picture? been a picture with a group of people. When you see the picture, who's the first one you look at? <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. Hey, I'm going to see how me is, you know. Who cares about the others? I just want to make sure me is good. 
See, in, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, that in the last days, I, we're in the last days now, folks. That was written 2,000 years ago. So we're closer now than before. It says this in verse 2 of 2 Timothy 3. For men shall be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, blasphemers, lovers of themselves, it says. And I think it was Matthew Henry said, where everybody, where people love themselves more than others, it makes for a dangerous place. You know, and of course now we have selfies, <laughs> photoshopping, and all this. And uh, now an idol, what is an idol? I'm talking about idolatry here. It is when something or someone becomes more important to us than God. That's idolatry. It says flee idolatry, run from it. Tim Keller in his book, Counterfeit Gods, answers what an idol is. He says this, an idol is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God, and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. I've seen this uh, many times now. A lot of people, they try to seek Fulfillment in a relationship, no more than they do God. They try to get fulfillment in a uh, in the opposite uh, sex, you know, to try to get that fulfillment. But it's only God can fulfill the heart, you know. And so uh, that's and that, so that's one thing: idolatry. Another obstacle is things of the world. It says in Second Timothy, two no one John two fifteen. It says this: Do not love the world. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, you can use the world, you know, but the love for it must not be there. How many of those lots of stuff in this world? I have a garage, two-car garage, with an attic. Two-car garage. I got no place for a car. <laughs> <coughs> I think we're going to have to have some garage sales there pretty soon. There's a load of a lot of toys in there now. We've got two grandkids, and it's a load of all sorts of stuff. Stuff seems to be a big thing here. So that's a idolatry. That could be, you know, things of the world, idolatry, love of self. Other things that can be a hindrance to receiving God and allowing him to work through you are secret sins. Things you do in secret. How many of God sees everything? He sees your thoughts from afar. You can't hide anything from him. In Isaiah 59.2, it says this, but your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. See, Zacchaeus, he had it all. He was rich, but he was lost. You know, but he was searching for Jesus. In Luke 19.5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him. And said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. Jesus sees where you are. He's tugging at your heart. He wants you to come to him. And, uh, and he went willingly. He wasn't forced to go. And uh, in, this, in Luke 19, 7, it says, when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he's gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. Verse 8, it says, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look. Lord, Lord, I have half of my goods to the poor, 
And I have taken every, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. I know this man was changed. He's giving back what was taken, and even more. See, when Jesus comes into a heart, he changes you on the inside. You know, religion will try to change you uh, on the inside, but it can't. It only changes you on the outside. So you can come to church, maybe follow some of the regulations, whatever, and, uh, but it's no change on the inside. There has to be that inward change. And that's what Jesus does. He changes you on the inside of you. And so, and then Jesus said in verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Now, the last point I want to mention this morning is that the provision of a Savior. The, you know, the promise and the purpose and now the provision of a Savior. He's here. He's alive. Now, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not dead. Allah, he's gone. Buddha, he's gone. You know, Confucius, he's gone. Buddha, oh, they're all dead. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. It says in Luke 2.11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Well, a lot of people say, I don't believe in this Jesus stuff. Well, what year are we in? 2022. Well, when did that start? When Jesus was born. You know, we have B.C. and A.D. How many know that? Where does that that come from? It comes from around the birth of Jesus. The whole calendar that we have. Now, A.D., that stands for Anno Domini. It's Latin for in the year of the Lord. And B.C. stands before Christ. So our whole calendar. Jesus is a fact. No, he's in history. He's real. He, was, he died. He was born, resurrected, rose to death. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's interceding for you. He's praying for you. That's good news. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I was just talking to our sister here just before we started, and she made a decision. What, the age of 13, was it? Then you, went, you left and went on your own. You went into the drugs and all those things. Yes. And, but Jesus was there calling you. Yes. And you returned. I did. He, but Jesus never left you. He never left. No, he never left you, see? <laughs> see, that's the good news. That's why we need a Savior. And uh, it's a fact of history. In Micah 5, 2. Now, this is another seven. He was a a contemporary of the prophet Isaiah. In Micah 5, 2, it says this, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Bethlehem, predicted 700 years before the birth of of Christ. I mean, there's hundreds of prophecies in the Bible. He's real. You know, and uh, life is short. Did you know that? You look in Psalm 90, it says 70, and if you're 80, you're, if you're strong, so I must be one of the strong ones. I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, I was just talking to, we went to the bank there just uh, the other day, and uh, 
just to show you how life can be very transient. Uh, his wife is a pharmacist, and, and she, he, she served this uh, nurse practitioner back in Jacket River, had a client's and dead in a car crash, just like that. His son left at 15. We don't know when we go, but we do know that you will go. The thing is to be prepared. That's why, that's why Jesus came, the Savior. Now, I just want to just close off with this. I just want to close off my introduction. There, there was an old, it was an old Indian chief, and he constantly he was always speaking of Jesus. And somebody asked him, he said, "Why are you always talking about Jesus?" His friend asked. The chief didn't reply. But what he did, he slowly, what he did, he got some, he got some twigs and he got some hay and he made a little circle like this, putting it all together. Uh, you know, the sticks, the grass. And in the middle of it, he put a caterpillar in the middle of all these sticks and grass and stuff. And then uh, the, the, then he lit, he lit the, that circle of twigs and grass. And the caterpillar was in the, the middle. Then the caterpillar sensed there was no way out. And he rose up like this just find a way out. That's when the Indian chief, he extended his hand and the caterpillar climbed into his hand and it was rescued. And the old chief, uh, he said, that's what Jesus did for me. He says, I was lost in sin. My condition was hopeless. I was trapped. And Jesus stooped down, extended his hand and pulled me up out of that horrible pit that I was in. And so I don't know what you're surrounded with today. Maybe you're surrounded with uh, doubts. Maybe you're surrounded with, uh, could be an addiction, could be anything. You're surrounded, you just feel trapped in that situation, whatever it might be, in, in thoughts. And, uh, Jesus is here today to extend his hand. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know, if any man hears my voice and opens the door, says, can we all just stand, please, for a moment? Jesus wants to touch you today in a, in a special way. Maybe today you, you see the, the need for a savior. You know, and uh, Jesus is extending his hand out to you today. Maybe you're wrestling with something, you know, in, in your mind, or maybe it could be a, maybe a family situation. It could be a health situation. You know, I, I'm just going to ask, uh, we're going to pray for you today. I'm just going to ask you to, just to come forward. You say, I want the Lord to work in this area of my life. I need, I need Jesus to work in this area of my life. And uh, Jesus is ready. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's ready to extend his hand out to you. And that's what we do here. We pray for people. We've seen people healed here. And uh, I, I need a physical healing myself. And I thank the Lord that people are you know, praying for me. And he can touch you now. You know, Jesus wants to touch you. Thank you.
You might be asking yourself why the Christmas story is so important. Why is the nativity story for today and not just for Joseph and Mary, the shepherds and the wise men many years ago? Why do we need to believe in Jesus today? We should believe in Jesus because he believes in us. Jesus was God in the flesh and he loved us so much that he came to earth for you and for me. He believed in us enough to appear as a human being who was like us in every way except without sin. John 1.14 says, And the Word, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus invites us to a life that makes sense and gives us the only workable strategy for living a happy and fulfilling life. Looking out for our own interests leads to self-destruction and despair. When left to our own devices, we are sinful people who go against God's truth for us. Yet, Jesus spoke of living by love and unselfishness. He showed us that life is fuller and more satisfying when we devote ourselves to loving and serving one another. John 15:12 says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus lives today, and he longs to live within us. Jesus is just as alive today as he was in the first century. And we can have a much closer relationship with him than those who knew him when he walked the earth. When it came time for him to leave this world, Jesus told the disciples that the Holy Spirit would come after he left. If Christ becomes our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit permanently makes his home within us. We are never alone nor are we left to our own limited resources. John 14, 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Because God is holy and just, he must deal with our sin, the wrong things we do. God loves us so much that he made a way to rescue us from sin. He sent his son Jesus to earth and Jesus' mission was to rescue us. Jesus rescued all of us from sin by living a perfect life, dying on the cross and rising again on the third day. He took the punishment for our sins so we could spend eternity with God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
John 3.16 The gift of salvation is free. To receive God's forgiveness, you simply just need to ask Him to forgive you for your sin. And here is a simple suggestion for you to pray. Jesus, I believe in you. I know that you have loved me from the beginning. And now I choose to love you too. I realize that when you died, you had my sins in mind. And I cannot live a life of joy and peace apart from you. So I accept the gift of your forgiveness and rejoice that my debt of sin is paid in full. Come into my life and guide me for the rest of my days. I now belong completely to you and I will follow you as my Lord and my Savior forever. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior, let me be the first to say, congratulations. We encourage you to find a local church family to help strengthen you as you walk forward in your faith. We would be honored to welcome you to Living Hope Church. May God bless you this Christmas.